0: After discovering the existence of ghosts, three scientists from New York devise an indispensable ghost removal service that makes them overnight celebrities. But when an ancient Sumerian god awakens and plots to destroy the world, they become the only ones standing in its way. If there's something strange in the neighborhood, who are you going to call? I'm Connor Zagari. And uh, I'm Kel Boucher. And this is Film Gasm. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. We are finally doing Ghostbusters, one of our all-time favorites, just in time for the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife this weekend. This has been on the the docket pretty much since the show started. Ghostbusters is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I've really been looking forward to doing this, but I wanted to do it with the release of the new movie. So
1: here we are. (laughs) Fucking finally. As of now, unless there's a last-minute decision, (laughs) right? I don't know what would
0: have to happen. I don't. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I feel like I've been waiting for this movie. God knows how long. I
1: already got my ticket for Friday. So nice.
0: I got mine for Thursday. Um, so I don't know about you, but Ghostbusters has been in my life pretty much as long as I've liked movies. I, uh, I don't really remember my first time with Ghostbusters. It's one of those films that's just always been there. Uh, what about you?
1: It's been there for a good chunk. What's weird is that like a lot of these more like family-friendly 80s horror films have not for some reason my parents don't like get me into them. I just kind of like crab trace shows the more extreme shit, apparently, <laughs> which really explain a lot what the movies are like nowadays. Um but I, mean, when I, I know when I finally watched this movie myself, I was like, Oh my god, this is great! Like I just fell in love with it. And ever, yeah, ever since I saw it's been it's been a part of my life. I've just always enjoyed it like anyone, you know, I know the mode that song comes up, I just get happy. It's just like, you know, go go to Like you just, you just get excited when you hear it. And, um, you know, I remember when I, I saw it, I, you know, I sought out the sequel and I think it's good. I don't think it's as good as the first movie. It's good though. And I like it a lot. Um, less said about that 2016 one, the better, <laughs>
0: if you want to hear um, our thoughts on 2016's Ghostbusters, check out last week's sneak preview
1: yeah um and yeah i mean you know i know it took a while for us to get to what we're, what we're finally getting on friday and not just talking like this release with COVID and all that stuff i was talking to just getting this movie fucking greenlit finally um yeah, i know yeah. there's the animosity between herod Ramis and bill murray didn't hope for the longest time, and then the passing of Howard Ramis, and then don't worry, shredding scripts because he just wasn't interested. Um, a lot of things happened. And then we, they did do that video game, which I picked up from my Switch. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I picked it up for my Switch. Um, that did essentially serve as a Ghostbusters 3. Like I heard, when I understand, they pretty much just made it into a Ghostbusters 3. Um, we finally got that. But the fact that we do have this new one coming out, and it's, you know, it's the son of. Jason Reitman. Yeah.
0: Jason Reitman's the son. Ivan Reitman's the, Ivan, the dad.
1: Ivan, there you go. Sorry. I was like, wait, correct me because I might be wrong on this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a, uh... <coughs> sorry. Uh, it's his son doing it. And he was able to, he's making a film that is bringing something new, but also bringing the original cast back like Bill Murray didn't shred the script There's something about it. He liked.
0: <laughs> well, I think that a big part of it was, you know, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis spent a good 20 years just not talking because of uh, a big fight that happened on groundhog day. And uh, I don't, I, th- I think Harold Ramis and Bill Murray got an opportunity to kind of bury the hatchet shortly before Ramis's death, but I don't think he, Bill Murray got to say everything he wanted to say. So I think this is his way of kind of saying, sorry to Harold Ramis finally doing ghostbusters three and, you know, sending that off. So I think that's why he's doing this.
1: Mm. Now, from what I about to say, I do, I, I know I didn't say, but I do remember hearing that he, they made amends luckily before he passed away. But I mean, I can't imagine that after 20 years, everything was said that needed to be said and how Bill Murray must feel, you know, that, I mean, 20 years of not talking to someone that was your best friend and one of your biggest collaborators when it came to like some of your biggest hit comedies. And then when you do make amends, he, he passes away. And yeah, I, I could definitely see where he probably was like, I'm going to do this, and this will be my apology. And I will do this for him because he deserves it. So, and that on Bill Murray, good for him. Honestly, like, absolutely good for him. Really shows, like, to me, his character as a person to an extent.
0: Yeah. The more I look into Bill Murray, though, the more I'm starting to think
1: he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> He is. I mean, he knows how to be funny on camera, but from whatever's at not necessarily off camera.
0: Yeah, that's what I hear. <coughs> but anyway, Ghostbusters is kind of where they all came together for the first time and became such an iconic team. I mean, Ghostbusters was a huge movie. It was you know, I got more on that down the road. But uh yeah, I, I had it on tape. I, I think it's funny that you you being, you know, so into horror didn't really gradually get there you just took you jumped right in the fucking deep end and (laughs) saw all the grizzly shit whereas i started with you know ghostbusters and i don't know halloween town and nightmare before christmas and beetlejuice and these movies that kind of just inched me towards the the horror line and yeah that's probably you know a big reason why i haven't seen so much
1: what also shows like what you like and what i like like you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love People Choose, to love Ghostbusters, but it's just, yeah, it's funny, because I didn't, and it wasn't anything, like, I was uninstalled, I wanted to see these movies, it's just not movies that, like, in my household, my parents, like, really held up a lot for me to watch, and so in turn, when I was getting into stuff, and I was getting access to old movies, I, in turn, because of it, and what was coming out at the time, I just was like, you know what, I going to go into this really hardcore shit, and it could have been now in hindsight, kind of like, especially how my parents are right now. In hindsight, it could have been me kind of mentally subconsciously rebelling, saying, well, then I won't get into this really fucked up shit. And then, and I really, I just ended up just liking the fucked up shit. <laughs>
0: That's, I've never had that. I just, you know, all the movies I loved as a child were shown to me by my parents who loved these movies and were like, hey, I think Connor might enjoy Ghostbusters. And we put on Ghostbusters, and I'm like, you know what, mother, you're right. I do enjoy Ghostbusters. I mean, I didn't say it like that, but yeah, ballpark. It's And uh, I remember I had Ghostbusters 2 taped off of like TNT or something back when you used to tape movies off of cable. And I had that and Godzilla 98 on the same tape and they both barely fucking worked. It was such a terrible tape. So I had Ghostbusters 2 as a child, but I did not get to watch most of it. Like right at the beginning when like, you know, the baby carriage takes off and then you got the opening credits and then Ray and Winston at the birthday party. That was about as far as I could get.
1: It's only like the first 30 minutes.
0: If Not even that, like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day I just, I saw it at Walmart and I'm like, mommy, can we please do Ghostbusters 2 on DVD? And she's like, all right. And there it is. But anyway, yeah, I love Ghostbusters. It's been around my whole life and I'm very excited to get to dive into it today.
1: Yeah, I'm sad to, and look, like, I say this, but, like, I, my plan, I you know, if, you know, I ever do have kids one day, my plan is to, to definitely rectify that. I mean, without, before we got out showing you. I just picked up The Goonies on 4K, so, I mean, I'm picking up movies that I'm, like, hoping <coughs> and I'm hoping one day, if I ever do have kids, I can show them and do the gradual thing, because, obviously... My plan is never effort to just be like, all right, son, sit down. You're watching fucking hostile today. Get ready. Buckle the fuck up. No, I'm gonna be like, hey, you wanna check out Ghostbusters? You wanna check out the Goonies? You want you know, something like that. (laughs) E.T.
0: That's probably smart. Don't wanna, you know, start
1: on those nightmares
0: early. You gotta establish a base before you just
1: all right, Throw son. A fucking
0: Hellraiser at
1: them. All right, son, you're six. It's time for you to watch a Serbian film. Sit the fuck down. Jesus, they will never feel anything again. <laughs> I won't have to like a- abandon that child because I feel like if I do that, I'm making a serial killer. At the very least, you're you're d- you're canceling a significant
0: bit of development, and that child is never going to be able to connect with anything. Because they've, they've seen nightmares manifest, and this. You can't walk away from that.
1: (laughs) That kid would never have sex properly in his life. Dear
0: God. You imagine somebody who's only seen shit like that trying to get laid for the first time and they just...
1: Oh, my God. We're we're talking about Ghostbusters. How the fuck did we get to this dark shit? Uh, What do you want me to do to you? I want to cut off your head and fuck... Oh, whoa. Whoa. Let's take it like 50 steps back. Well, fifth
0: date. Okay, pal? Jesus. (laughs) Slow your roll. Jesus Christ. We just started talking. <laughs> okay. Ghostbusters. So this film was initially conceived by Dan Aykroyd <coughs> as a buddy comedy for himself, Eddie Murphy and his best friend, the late John Belushi to star in. So that was the original plan for this. It was supposed to be like time traveling ghost hunters, like fighting. Go- they were going to call it the ghost smashers because Ghostbusters was a copyrighted t- like TV show with like a monkey and, some kids solving crimes or some shit. Eventually, they were able to use the name. But uh, Ghost Smashers just does not have the same, same ring to it.
1: No, the title in that console just don't sound nearly as entertaining.
0: No. And the reason they couldn't do that is because producers were like, that's like 300000000 bucks. million. You're never going to get to do that. And they're like, okay, we'll trim it down.
1: <laughs> in, 80, in the 80s, that's $300 million. We cannot do that. Nowadays, in like twenty twenty one, they'll be like only three hundred million. All right, <laughs> it's like the kids,
0: the sh- like in head and sh- in um evolution when they're talking about like, you know, how are we going to get so many head and shoulders? And they're like, oh, we can get that. <laughs> like, that's kind of
1: producers nowadays. Like no problem. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> we thought everyone were going to ask for more. Wait, how much more than a billion? Oh no, that's easy too. <laughs> um. So that
0: was the original plan. But after um, John Belushi died in 82 from a drug overdose, Ackroyd, who was distraught, you know, Belushi was his best friend, uh, mm-hmm. was like, I still want to do this film, but I want to do it for John Belushi. So we're going to do this right. And he went to his uh, former SNL co-star Bill Murray to replace him. Uh, Murray agreed verbally, never actually signing a contract to star, which is kind of what he's always done. He just kind of tells people like, yeah, I'll be in the movie. And then on the day of shooting, they just hope to God, Bill Murray remembers that deal and shows up. It's so he has like a 1-800 number. He doesn't really have an agent. You just call him and pitch your movie. And if he, if he likes it, he'll, he'll show up. It's the weird, he's such a strange
1: human being. <laughs> That is weird. That must be why he photobombed so much. They were just like, hey, can you be at our wedding's photobomb? Yeah, sure. No one thinking he'd do it. The next thing I was like, oh, why are you here? I told you I would.
0: Word is my bond. <laughs> but not on paper. <laughs> I remember reading this one. It was like a list of people and their Bill Murray stories. And there was one where this guy's at a bar and he's eating like some fries, having some beers. And Bill Murray just walks up Snatches some of his fries And leans into the kid's ear and just goes No one will ever believe you And then walks away <laughs> And it's true No one would believe him <laughs> I mean, If you can pull that off why, would, why wouldn't you do that all the time
1: <laughs> Yeah, <It's> fucking crazy <laughs> Um. So oh, yeah. I, I wish I could be that famous because I do shit like that all the time. You yeah. Just go and grab someone's like bag of fucking like they're at the mall and I'm just grabbing their fucking GameStop bag. Like no one will ever believe that this happened. And then walk out, but then I realized it's a shitty game. I don't want to be like, oh no, never mind. You can have that bag.
0: If I was I a bill, if I was like some by some happenstance, I become a billionaire, like one of the most famous people on earth. I'm gonna just wander into like situations. And then just roll with it. Like, show up to a random wedding and give everyone a Porsche. You know, shit like that. That would be fun. I don't know. I just I, I would love to do that. But also, I would love to, like, you know, prank people on, like, a grand scale. That would be fun. I feel like Bill Murray's been doing that.
1: <laughs> Apparently. Apparently, he's just the biggest, oldest troll that we have. Yeah. The only one who can seem to wrangle
0: him is Wes Anderson. Because he's always pretty stable on those sets.
1: (laughs) What is it with Wes Anderson that he's like, Bill, I need you to just calm down. And he just goes, okay. Not only that, but like on the set of the Royal
0: Tenenbaums, when Gene Hackman was being a complete prick to Wes Anderson, calling him an idiot, calling him, you know, a novice, like, you know, do you know who I am? Bill Murray is the one who stepped in and was like, hey, don't talk to him like that. And like came in on his days off to make sure Wes Anderson wasn't like belittled weird they have this weird like you know mentor mentor mentee relationship it's so strange
1: same guy who shit on Lisa Sulu's acting Said so that for Wes Anderson. yes
0: the same guy who got like super wasted on the what about Bob set and like threatened Richard, Richard Dreyfuss and told him like everybody hates you like, he's, he's a he's a frightening person when he's pissed yeah
1: you know. anyway funny guy but strange man yeah
0: So they got Bill Murray and he said, yeah, I'll show up. And then day of, they're like looking at their watch, like, does Bill remember? He said he'd be here. (laughs) And then Bill shows up like, hey, we catching ghosts. I don't know. Uh, The script went. Yeah, we got work to do. The, uh, The script went through so many changes. And when Eddie Murphy ended up leaving the project. He was replaced by relative newcomer Ernie Hudson. And his part was significantly reduced. Which is yeah, pretty shitty, but I, I get it. You know, you got Eddie Murphy, maybe the biggest comedy star on the planet in the 80s. And then he leaves the project. You get Ernie Hudson, who's brand new. He's not going to be third build.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it, I will say this. It's still kind of shitty because they never, I don't think they even I, they never borrow to rectify it moving forward. Yeah. Like, that's the shitty part. Like, okay, I get it at the time. But then, like, Ghostbusters 2 doesn't really borrow to rectify it there's still lots of like things they do nowadays where they don't really try to rectify it. And it's like, can we like stop shaming the fact that you had Ernie Hudson, like the guy's really good actor. And I like him in this movie.
0: Well, I think it's weird. They doubled down in Ghostbusters too. I mean, they ended up like the first draft had Ernie Hudson. Like he, he had a substantial bit, but and all of that ended up getting absorbed by Bill Murray, which is weird and i just winston's always been my favorite ghostbuster because he's not a scientist he's just some new york schmo looking for a job and ends up getting, you know getting hired to the ghostbusters and saving the world for 11 5 a year as he proclaims <laughs> it's, it's hilarious and he never once complains he's just like all right this is this is my job <laughs> that's awesome i love that he's new york <laughs> new york all right. So Ernie Hudson joined up um, after getting Ivan Reitman on board to direct. Harold Ramis joined the project, uh, did a rewrite of the script with Dan Aykroyd, and agreed to play Egon since no one else could really fit the role. They were trying to get Christopher Lloyd, but he, I think he backed out and they just couldn't. I think Jeff Goldblum was considered. And eventually Harold Ramis was just like, fuck it, I'll do it. I can't uh, imagine. I mean, that'd be cool. It's
1: Jeff Goldblum, but wow. What a radically different fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, potentially,
0: you know, there is a, a version of this movie in some universe where it's Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Eddie Murphy and fucking Jeff Goldblum as the Ghostbusters. <laughs> that sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Crazy. Um, well, the rest is Hollywood history. You know, Ghostbusters went on to be a colossal hit and... Uh, Shaped a lot of careers going forward. And here we are talking about it.
1: I love yeah, it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it colossal. Head is really like, even that's an understatement. I mean, this became a cultural phenomenon. Yep. I mean, this is like, it seems like everyone knows what Ghostbusters is. Like I said, that theme song and that tagline, who you gonna call Ghostbusters? Every, you know that since you're a kid. Like, yep it's 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 almost insane it's it's a legacy and it's influence and i mean like i said i mean you're we're really seeing it with this new movie and the excitement for this new movie with you know with all has been said about and everyone's just like so excited to see what they do and if they want to bring it back it's just yeah it's it's amazing how this film has like it became the hit that it did and has just become this part of pop culture and it's it's legacy speaks for itself.
0: One of my favorite things about the movie is the attention to detail. The uh, All the paranormal science-y words that Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis use, all of that is scientifically accurate. Like, if ghosts existed, this is how they would be described scientifically. You know, class 5 full roaming vapor, non-terminal repeating phantasm, things like that. Like, that's real scientific words, hypothetically, if ghosts existed. I think that's fucking awesome.
1: That's awesome. I didn't know that. I thought that was made up for the movie.
0: Ah, They act like they did a lot of research and like into parapsychology and this is how they, this is what they landed on. (laughs) So neat. Uh, So Ghostbusters was directed by Oscar nominee, Ivan Reitman, who was nominated for best picture in 2009 for producing his son, Jason Reitman's film up in the air, which we will be talking about on Oscar Sunday this weekend. Um, Reitman also directed Ghostbusters 2, kindergarten cop stripes, meatballs, Dave, and my personal nightmare, Evolution. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ivan Reitman's, uh, I think, an underrated filmmaker who's done some real gems of the 80s and 90s, especially oh, Kindergarten okay. Cop. I fucking love Kindergarten
1: Cop. Especially Kindergarten Cop is just one of the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movies of all time. All right, It's mean, so five. goddamn funny. <laughs> That's top five Schwarzenegger material, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yep, right, yeah. I, I adore it. Just like when he... When he fr- when he snaps that first day, just yells "Shut up!" at all the kids, and they start crying, and then he just runs out of school, screams into the sky. <laughs> it's
1: not a tumor. <laughs>
0: there is no bathroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Look, that and Jingle all the way are some of the most underappreciated Negro films. Like those are like great comedies. That just go all the way. Made- goes, like, that's
0: right up there with Terminator 2 for me. I, Jingle All The Way might be my, like, in top five Arnold. That movie is fucking hilarious, and I will challenge anybody who thinks otherwise. That movie is so funny.
1: Oh, no, it's fun. Him and Sinbad is just fucking great in that movie.
0: My favorite part's probably, like, the brawl with the, like, criminal Santa organization or um, Myron uh and the bomb (laughs) when he takes a package out the cops open it it blows up and he's running away and he turns back he's like that was really a bomb (laughs) he didn't even know (laughs) oh god well one of these christmases we're we're gonna have to do jingle all the way just because why not it's a great fucking
1: movie oh
0: yeah and then ivan reitman is the guy who did evolution he's the uh the guy behind the most frightening moment of my childhood so thanks I mean evolution essentially is just Ghostbusters with aliens it's the same almost the same film yes <laughs> it is it's crazy uh, but I love it I mean we did a whole episode on it I mm-hmm. love
1: it it's a good movie I like it yeah okay I mean, like, do not scare me but you know I've seen I watched more hardcore shit when I was younger
0: i know i'm sure if i watched you know fucking hellraiser at six that would have been the thing that got into my head but i watched that at like nine or ten so i'd already seen the monkey so pinhead got nothing on that (laughs) all right let's talk about the cast oscar nominee bill murray stars as dr peter venkman a skeptical and sarcastic parapsychologist I love that you can tell he doesn't believe a word of this shit until they actually see the ghost in the library.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and then he's
0: immediately thinking, uh, we're going to get rich off this shit.
1: Well, and what I love is that even when he does believe, he's still a sarcastic asshole. Like that, nothing about his personality changes, just the circumstances. Yep, 100%. <laughs> like, but I mean, and that's what Bill Murray was so good at, like, especially in, in his prime, in a lot of his 80s comedies. He he just like I said, you know I know we talked about it, but like whatever you want to say about him in real life, movie-wise, he just knew how to be a sarcastic asshole with some of the best, like quick witted just fucking comebacks that just made you laugh. Yeah. And the best part was that he didn't have to yell it or anything. He said it in the most calm voice, and you just started dying.
0: <laughs> For sure. Uh, Murray was nominated for his performance in 2003's Lost in Translation, which I still have to see. I've heard it's an amazing movie. Uh, He's one of the most famous comedic actors of all time. He got his start on Saturday Night Live in the 70s, has starred in such films as Caddyshack, Stripes, Scrooged, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, Rushmore, Groundhog Day, Kingpin, and Space Jam, just to name a few. He's all over the map. Uh, Apart from Ghostbusters, my favorite is probably Scrooged. Uh, I think that movie is hilarious.
1: I think mine would have to be Groundhog Day. I, I'd die laughing on that movie, <laughs> Ned. <laughs> Every time, <laughs> I, mean, look, I will say this my favorite comeback he's ever said is in this movie. When it's all dickless over here turned it off. Is this true? Yes, sir, It's it's true. This man has no dick. My favorite is when.
0: The mayor finally like tells them, you know, get him out of here to Peck. And just goes, "I'm going to get him a nice fruit basket. I'm going to miss him." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so good. There was what is it? There's no line that made me laugh when they're all eating together. He just goes, "Slow down, Ray. Chew your
0: food." <laughs> My all-time favorite line of the entire movie is Venkman. It's when they're in the library hunting for traces of ghosts and they see the. uh, the books stacked from floor to ceiling and Ray and Egon are so excited. And Bankman just goes, you're right. No human being would stack books like this. <laughs> it's just so deadpan. It's so mean. <laughs> it's perfect.
1: <laughs> oh, That's complete chaos. <laughs> Mass hysteria. It's crazy.
0: Uh, yeah. Bill Murray's a comedic genius, you know, regardless of who he is as a person. His work is fantastic. Uh, I love his bit in Little Shop of Horrors. Replays the sadomasochist who's getting his teeth done. <laughs> and he just is loving the pain. And Steve Martin doesn't understand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my favorite thing. I think one of my favorite things was his cameo in Zombieland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking fun. I love these. Do you have any regrets? No. Well, wait. Maybe Gothfield. And Garfield too.
0: I don't know why my favorite moment of that is when after he gets shot and uh, Jesse Eisenberg's like oh my god Mr. Murray is there anything I can do and he goes like uh, I th- think Bill now <laughs> 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 I don't know why, just the way he said that was so funny <laughs> oh yeah I yeah he's the best okay Oscar nominee Dan Aykroyd Plays Dr. Ray Stantz The heart of the Ghostbusters Clearly the one who's most excited about doing this And is constantly taken advantage of By Venkman throughout the entire movie I mean he makes him mortgage his house Like so many things
1: <laughs> Dude just listen It's normal for people to have three more mortgages On their house
0: I well, was like You didn't even bargain with the guy
1: <laughs> just,
0: that's such, uh, not, a, not a great friend Venkman
1: I like when they're like trying to play hardball in the place and Ray oh my god does the pole come with it oh this place is great guys let's sleep in here tonight you know to really feel it <laughs> 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 oh so
0: good we all need a friend like Ray I feel like Austin is our Ray
1: probably except Austin doesn't you know say some off the wall shit like Dan Aykroyd does <laughs> in interviews.
0: Oh my god Dan Aykroyd is a human being is a great writer Great actor But he is Knuck and futz <laughs> He's The shit he says Randomly in interviews Being followed by the men in black and Like just I don't even know where to start I try to distance Like his work from Who he is as a person Because I feel like as a person He's the guy you get stuck with At the bar Talking about conspiracy
1: theories Even his uh, He has a I think it's a is a tequila I'm not you know he has an alcohol mind I'm not gonna I think it's I think it's vodka but it is vodka yeah Crystal school vodka that's right yeah and um the way he I remember seeing the trailer for that thing and the way he describes it it's the strangest fucking thing it's like dude it's vodka let's all just calm down here
0: (laughs) (laughs) I remember he um I think I've said this on the show before, but it, it is worth saying again, because it's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Uh, he was on CNN and he said the sentence I've heard him. Say, I heard him say this. I watched it. He said, I don't believe aliens will ever visit us in our lifetime, especially after 9-11. Like, I don't see the correlation there, but whatever you say, Dan. All right, Dan. <laughs> so. Aykroyd was nominated for his performance in 1989, Driving Miss Daisy. I've seen it. He did not deserve the nomination. That movie's horrible. Should not have won Best Picture, but that is not for today. Uh, He also got his start as part of the first class of Saturday Night Live. Was also in the Blues Brothers, Trading Places, 1941, Twilight Zone, the movie, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Evolution, and Tommy Boy, just to name a few. Another guy who's been pretty consistent since the 80s we've seen him all the time and he's always been funny i fucking love him in tommy boy as Zelensky, the auto parts king oh <laughs> his yeah crazy ass hair his super chicago accent <laughs> <He's> perfect <laughs> oh he's great great you got to watch the great outdoors he's perfect in that roman craig the greatest
1: douchebag he's ever played yeah i i know there's there's a lot of his i still need to watch Yeah, very. You know, like I know, I know he just kind of made fun of, like again, you know, he may say some off the wall shit in his interviews, and clearly this guy is like a conspiracy theory nut, but definitely one of the most like consistently good comedians out there. Um, Definitely, you know, he always brings the goods, and he he knows how to take that straight man role to an extent and find a way to make it funny. As I guess, especially in Ghostbusters, because he really is out of all of them. He plays by the straightest character, but he still finds a way to make it just hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's great. Um, even in evolution, as like you know, the governor of Arizona, I thought he was great,
1: <laughs> just oh, yeah.
0: crazy, kind of an asshole.
1: <laughs> just... oh, yeah, boy. and he also has the distinction of getting a, a, a blowjob from a ghost on camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Not let that scene die, ever. In, in a kid's movie. <laughs> PG in
0: the 80s was a lawless wasteland. It's, you could do fucking anything, as long as you didn't have any tits. Like, that's pretty much it.
1: I uh, Even then, um, <laughs> I've seen some films. <laughs> oh, crazy.
0: It's such an odd scene in the movie. Like, doesn't really need to be there. <laughs> but, all when right.
1: I, when I was watching it for this episode... I got to that scene. I was like, family movie, guys. I was alone saying this out loud. Just, family film. This is what this is. A family film of a man getting a blowjob from a ghost, and it's not the porno version of this movie. <laughs> it's the actual movie. Well, apart from
0: Ray's ghost job, um, I... I love him in his brief bit in Twilight Zone, the movie.
1: You uh, uh, want to see something scary a bit, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. One of the scariest scenes in film history that comes out of
0: absolutely nowhere. And it's, you know, it's, it's Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks, two guys known for comedy, talking about show tunes, and then out of nowhere, you're in hell. <laughs> it's great. Yeah,
1: fucking... Okay. God damn it! God damn that movie for that scene.
0: <laughs> that movie, that movie is my mom's Blue Monkey. That she saw that when she was a kid, and it scared the Almighty Jesus out of her. I can see why. Yep. So Dan Aykroyd, single, you know, involved in both of our childhood traumatizing movies. <laughs> I find that funny. He's like, um, <laughs> Harold Ramis plays Dr. Egon Spengler, a deadpan scientist. Ramus was a prolific comedic writer who wrote such films as Groundhog Day, Animal House, Caddyshack, Stripes, Back to School, and analyzed this. Ramis uh, passed away in 2014 at 69 years old from autoimmune inflammatory vasculitis. And uh, yeah, he his presence or you know, his lack of presence will definitely be felt. In Ghostbusters Afterlife, but I have, you know, I'm pretty sure this whole movie is revolving around Egon's character, which is great.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and it's only right because he really is like to me, you know. When you watch this, it's just you know, just worrying about this first film, not worrying about the sequel. He's a humongous part of this movie. You can tell he's a humongous part of this movie, and I feel like what makes him that, and why a lot of people have latched on to his character and he's become a fan favorite character. To an extent, I, I really all of them is that I really feel like out of them, he's almost like the heart. He has such a, a childlike scientific wonder to what they're doing. And it's and I think what makes it so is that he plays the part so serious. You know, like Egon, he doesn't crack jokes, he's a serious person, but that works so well with the rest of the movie. Like it somehow that serious approach makes it funny.
0: Yeah, I agree. You need a you need a, a straight man to balance this insane situation. And you need a hardcore scientist who's going to look at everything rationally. And Ramus does that so well. Ah, Egon. Yeah. <laughs> um Oscar nominee Sigourney Weaver plays Dana Barrett, the first to encounter the demon Zool. Uh, Weaver was nominated for performances in 1986 Aliens. 1988's Working Girl and 1988's Gorillas in the Mist. She was also in Galaxy Quest, Death and the Maiden, Dave Holes, and Avatar, to name a few. And she was known mostly for drama at this point. You know, Alien was like the biggest thing she had done, and she was known for more serious roles. So the fact that she was even interested in doing this comedy, she was a big get for the for the film. And uh, yeah, she's she's great. I feel I just feel bad for her. She keeps getting, you know, she keeps ending up in possessive situations with demons who want her or her baby. It's a damn shame. It happened twice.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the first time was aliens. What's a difference?
0: Well, I meant Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too.
1: Oh, I thought I was like, first time was aliens, but okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um with that said, <laughs> no, it's you know, it look. I think like a lot of people, I'm not alone on this one. Screener is always an awesome addition to your movie. It's always awesome to see her in something, um, to the point that I'll never forget when she pops up at the end of uh, the cabin in the woods. And I'm like, because they didn't advertise it when it happened, I was like, holy shit, it's Screener Reaver! And I was like, yes. Um, she she's awesome, and I really like seeing her in in this movie. I think she really does a good job of like of finding her own way to be funny showing some like range outside of like like you said at the time coming off of alien and doing a lot of drama doing something different and kind of showing her that she was a very versatile actress and there's a reason she's one of the biggest names in the industry to this day
0: yeah she's she's the bomb and uh i'm glad she, she's also going to be in the new one which is great uh i'm sure she and bankman probably finally tied the knot or, she, oh. or she's a ghostbuster now which would rock.
1: I would love to see that.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love her little, you know, her interactions with uh, Rick Moranis, you know, her neighbor who's cl- like clearly into her and she's just trying very hard to say no without hurting his feelings. And then, the, the, you know, the whole uh, gatekeeper thing, like she's, She's really good in this, and she's you know got some scary moments, like you know when the hands come out of the chair and grab her and like pull her into the into the void. That's fucking scary. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. No, she's she is awesome. Yeah, she has like a lot of scary scenes, and she has a lot of fine scenes with Bill Murray. And it's like, honestly, now looking ahead into twenty twenty one, lens very creepy. Dude, <laughs> initial he-
0: meetup. Dude, when he goes on the date, like to pick her up, and she's possessed, he injects her with thorazine and then calls the guys. He didn't know she was possessed. He brought fucking thorazine with her with him on a date. Like, what the fuck was he gonna do? I, it
1: was funny. They, the cinema sins got guys. They just they did that at Ghostbusters today for the oh, episode. Cool. And he mentioned that he's like he mentioned that he's like wait a minute. He goes why. Do- He's like, okay, she's possessed, but like, he didn't know that. Why was that on him?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. (laughs) Like, was this a date rape situation for
1: Bankman? Yeah, I think it's kind of like we need to talk less about the ghost in this movie and talk about uh, his potential rape scenario. I mean, at the beginning, the way we
0: meet Bankman, he's manipulating one of his students to sleep with him. Yeah, like that's how we meet this guy. So yeah, he's clearly like into some weird shit and i don't you know the way he picks up women is really fucked up
1: yeah i think that was another thing was like when they were doing the scene when he goes to her apartment and cinema sins, like the first time to investigate yeah the, for ghosts and the citizen guy goes ha the 80s when casual sexism we could not say casual sexual harassment was funny <laughs> yep that's the 80s oh my god
0: All right, so obviously, favorite Sigourney Weaver role. I'm going to go ahead and limb here and say it's, 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 it's alien.
1: <laughs> oh, for my favorite Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Alien.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, me too. I mean, it's hard to pick anything else. I got to say, though, Galaxy Quest is right up there.
1: I, I, I... I need to see that movie. I actually have not seen it. So What? You've never seen Galaxy Quest? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: my God. You would. All right. Galaxy Quest is a gem, my friend do you know what it's about
1: yeah i I know exactly what it's about and i I like the cast involved and i've heard it's really funny i just haven't seen it
0: oh man all right well there's a lot of alien references because it's sigourney doing sci-fi again which is cool tim allen doesn't make one buzz Lightyear reference which is kind of a shame but um yeah we're gonna all right i'm i'm penciling that in galaxy quest will be happening in the next few months because i didn't know you'd never seen it that's gonna be fun (laughs) neat um moving on rick moranis plays lewis tully dana's dorky neighbor uh i never put this together but he's the key master and he keeps getting locked out of his apartment <laughs> i never made that connection <laughs> until earlier today
1: <laughs> i learned i also i think of that uh to, add to that another fun fact when i was watching the cinema scene since and that scene when he is at the party and having the, he's having the party in his place yeah, he's talking about the two people that just walk in. I forget their names, but he's like going on about their jobs and stuff.
0: Yeah, Ted and Annette Fleming. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, all that was ad-libbed. That, yeah, was that whole so-
0: scene with the, the smoked salmon and all that is him just off the cuff because he was a fucking genius. Yeah. That's awesome. I, he's pulling prices out of his ass. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, don't, I don't know off the cuff the price of
1: smoked salmon. No, I just look, I, I'm sure I really want to take this time to just really talk about how much I fucking love Rick Moranis, both as a comedian, as a generally stand up guy. I mean, for those who don't know or listen to this, and you're probably thinking, why haven't I seen Rick Moranis acting in a while? Because he's definitely still alive. You know, his, uh, his wife had passed away and he made the decision to give it up to retire to be there with his kids. And if there isn't anything more upstanding than that, goddamn, like, I wish we had more people like him. Kanye Rears, like, these kind of people in Hollywood. I wish it was more like him. I mean, you know, upstanding guy. He was just a comedic genius. And, you know, I think I had read they were attempting to get him to come back for this new Ghostbusters, and I think he politely declined. But just, yeah, I just, I I love Rick Moranis so much. The guy's are awesome.
0: Yeah, I've always, he's, he's a big part of my childhood. I watched a lot of his films when I was a kid. And then when I found out about you know his wife's death in 91 and him choosing to leave the industry to raise his kids in a good environment, how do you not love and appreciate that? I mean, that's incredible. Very few people would do that, would step away from a, a promising, a very successful career in Hollywood for your children. That's way to go. Remember a few months ago when some psycho just
1: sucker punched him in New York? Yeah, I hope that guy died. <laughs> he died? No, I said, I hope that guy died for, oh. his, for his crimes against humanity there. I know they caught him. Like, they, like they got him. But, like, how would, have been, I would, have been would the, you do the, that? Yeah. How would you do that? to re- Especially, like, the dude's, like, in his, what, 70s now? He, yeah,
0: he's pushing. Yeah, he's in this, Yeah, he's up there.
1: I was like he ain't young anymore. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, Yeah. No, he is. I mean, this movie, uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, uh, Spaceballs, like, he is just fucking funny. He is he cracks me up every goddamn time I've I've seen him in the movie. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders
0: chicken? <laughs> Dark helmet is probably at the ter- at the top for
1: me. <laughs> Hey, what's your last name, asshole, sir? What's your last name, asshole? Also, am I surrounded in a room full of assholes? Keep firing, assholes! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, spaceballs. We did that as a bonus a while back when we did Young Frankenstein. But I think it's I think spaceballs is overdue for its own full episode to just dig into that hilarious <laughs> parody. Uh, Little shop of horrors. I know I already talked about that with Bill Murray, but you know, the character of Seymour Clborne. I named my my cat Seymour after his character in that film. Uh another gem. Yeah, oh, he yeah. was the man.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. In that. Yeah. I yeah. I just I had to I I had to quickly say that. I feel like we just have to talk about that just because you don't see a lot of that in Hollywood. You really don't. And when I when I had heard about it, I was like, I've seeing God, what a good fucking dude. Like no because he could have kept working and given them that, you know, money, but he said, I want to, I want to be home and raise my kids in that kind of healthy environment. And I'll just obviously make had made some rise financial decisions, things like that to be fine. And that just, yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. And you know, I do wish like he, they could have convinced them to come back for this one. That would have been awesome. But at the same time, because of why he chose it, I will always respect his decision. If he, just chooses to never come back.
0: Yeah, he got those, you know, he did three Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, got that Disney money and then bounced. because, you know, it wasn't just about raising his kids in a good environment. You know, these were his kids who just lost their mom and they needed love. They needed lots of it. And he he wisely chose to do the right thing. Yeah. And yeah, nothing but respect. And he actually is coming out of retirement um, to appear in Disney's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot titled Shrunk,
1: where he's going to be reprising
0: right. his role as Wayne Zelensky.
1: I didn't know that. You know what? I'll check that. I want to watch that now. That makes me very happy.
0: Yep. So that's great. So we are going to see him again.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, Ernie Hudson, last guy I want to talk about. He plays Winston Zedmore, the forgotten fourth Ghostbuster. He was also in The Crow, Congo, Miscongeniality, Congeniality, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution, and the controversial TV series Oz.
1: You just so. had bring up fucking Dragon Ball. Like, Oz is one thing. I know the controversy surrounding Oz very well. But Dragon Ball, you son of a bitch.
0: If you are going to consciously make the effort to appear in that movie, I'm not going to let you forget about it, whoever you are. When we talk about Chow Yun-Fat, I'm going to bring him up. When we talk about James Marsters, I'm going to bring him up. I'm going to bring it up when we talk about Justin Chatwin, if that ever fucking happens. But he he was in it. He did it. He has to live with that. So... Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I love Ernie Hudson in these movies Because he's just the fourth guy who's there for the check And that's fantastic uh, Yeah, But the fact that he goes along with it Never once is he like this isn't my fight And he fucks off He's like no we're a team <laughs> It's, it's all like being a fireman Like we're in this
1: <laughs> Yeah he's, he's fully committed He's like yeah I'm part of this team We're doing this
0: um, I mean in the speech when Egon's saying like we got to cross the streams and possibly obliterate ourselves to destroy this thing. Winston's just like, oh, all right. He's not like, this isn't mine. He just is like, we're doing this. <laughs> <It's> fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more on yeah once we get into the movie. I don't have notes. This is the kind of movie where I'm just gonna like pick apart my favorite parts.
1: Oh yeah, same here. Um, I did want to quickly like just like how you mentioned my favorite Scorpion Rivers Alien. Uh, my personal favorite, Ernie Hudson, by the way, is The Crow. He is fucking awesome in The Crow. But I really, 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 really love The Crow. And there's a very good chance that um, the next time my pick comes around, it'll probably be that movie.
0: The Crow would be timely, considering every all the shit that's going down right now with Rust. So that actually would be a pretty good idea. And it's been a minute since I watched The Crow. I remember thinking, like, this is badass, and I'd like to revisit it.
1: I fuck, I fucking, I've I seen that movie so much. I love The Crow. It's such a good movie. And I, I really like Ernie Hudson's role in that movie a lot. Nice. Um,
0: Yeah, I don't really, you know, outside of Ghostbusters, I can't really remember a lot of his other roles, but maybe I just haven't been checking them out. Because apparently he was in Congo, but I don't remember him in Congo. But to be fair, Congo is a fairly forgettable film.
1: I think I saw The Crow first. I remember when I watched Ghostbusters, I was like, oh, hey, shit, it's a guy from The Crow. And I was like, Wait <laughs> <laughs> I I was like, Okay this makes sense <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ghostbusters has an IMDB score of 7.8 Rotten Tomatoes score of 97% It was a huge hit grossing 295 million On a budget of only 30 million um, It was nominated for two Oscars Best Visual Effects and Best Original Song For Ray Parker Jr.'s title track Ghostbusters Which in many ways has become as iconic and popular as the film If not more so um it spawned two sequels an animated series and a shitty remake as well as a very entertaining video game that ended up being the last time all four ghostbusters would appear on screen together so the game is bittersweet because of that but it is a fantastic game uh ramus and wrote it together uh it's so badass it's so much fun it's scary and it really does build on the foundation that the first game established with, you know, Gozer and Shandor and all that shit. So when you get a chance really, like, break into that, you're going to love it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's on my list of Switch games to, um, to play. I've been wanting to play. I remember when it came out, I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to fucking play this game. And the Switch has been a great tool for me to just really buy old games because you keep remastering them for the Switch, which is awesome. So I was like, you know what, let me get this one because I've been waiting against this one. I've heard a lot of good things about this game and I just really want to play it.
0: I bought the uh, PS4 remastered version. Uh, and to be to be honest, there wasn't much that got changed in the transfer, but it was nice to just have like the most up-to-date version. And it's just such a fun game. i played it four or five times. It's a great story. The gameplay is really good. You get to capture iconic ghosts in the movies and also like new stuff. Vigo's, like the Vigo painting is in there where in their firehouse and he just like, you can talk to it and Max von Sita recorded new lines for it. So he'll say, so he'll say shit like, you know, I am Vigo and I shall return. But if you, sometimes he'll be like, how are you enjoying the game? <laughs> and things like that. It's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. So we'll talk a little bit more about the sequels and the animated show um, towards the end, but right now let's just dig into fucking ghostbusters. This is a, uh, like I said, I've been wanting to do this film for a very long time, so I'm I'm very excited. Uh, so, we opened, of course, with the New York Public Library, which I didn't go to when I went to New York City. I I got a migraine on the Uptown bus tour and had to sleep it off during the fucking tour, so I missed out on... I didn't get to see a few things. That was one of them. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was fucking pissed. Um, but... Yeah, the score is really creepy in this movie. I don't think a lot of people don't talk about the score, but uh, the music of Ghostbusters, besides, you know, Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters, is actually pretty, uh, pretty tense.
1: (laughs) uh, This movie, I noticed probably more so this time than the other times I've watched it, that it actually does a really good blend of horror and comedy. Like, yeah, it's, I would, it, I would argue it's mostly comedy, but it does, when it does want to do its whole elements and it does want to get scary, it does go for it and it does it really, really well, actually.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the big part of that is Ackroyd's original script was a straightforward horror movie. And, you know, it got diluted over the rewrites and they did find this good balance. But, you know, again, for, for some people, this has always been considered a fairly family-friendly movie. And I don't know how accurate that is because it's pretty damn scary at times. You got the ghost blowjob. I mean, you got a lot of innuendo.
1: I mean, look, honestly, I call me fucked up. I'd be willing to count this as a family movie. This would be something I would use as a gateway phone for like any kids I had to get into horror.
0: Me too. Me
1: too. I just,
0: it's the 80s, man. You know, something about the 80s and the 70s. They were, you know, really PG was debatable. Like anything goes in PG. It's, it's weird
1: yeah it was like pg just means like we rated it we did the we slapped something on there (laughs) um so
0: old you know the old librarian gets uh scared by this by the ghost in the library after the uh card catalog flies everywhere and at first i had to be like
1: what is what is that
0: and my mom explained to me oh that's how people checked out library books in the 80s
1: (laughs) oh okay (laughs) <laughs> you have those fancy, fancy computers.
0: No, You had to go find a giant stack of cards Find the book that was written on one of those cards And then the card told you where in the library to go find the book That's the system for like hundreds of years Until we started scanning shit
1: I mean um, like, I just Whenever I went to the library, even with the computers I never was like, let me look at the computer to find the book Because I was like, let me just go find the book And then I just wouldn't wonder but again, the blanket library is that I grew up had, was not the New York library. So it was pretty easy for me to be like, I'm just going to start here in about 30 minutes or less. I'm going to cover this entire library and find it at some point.
0: At, co- at my college, the campus library is like three or four floors worth of books that aren't organized in the most coherent way. So I always have to ask somebody like, how do I find, give me something on Thomas Jefferson and, I can find shit in that general area, but it's always kind of weird. Cause it's always students who aren't quite sure how to find shit themselves. <laughs> it's, it's a hassle sometimes.
1: Did you ever go to the library in Blanco when you moved there?
0: Yeah. I did a whole um, thing on like my books. I did a, I hosted a reading that none of my friends came to. Thanks for that. <laughs> you you had graduated by then. I don't, it's not your fault. Yeah,
1: but, you yourself.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I hosted a book reading there for like some, some middle schoolers. And that that was fun. Uh, yeah, I used to go there a lot.
1: Yeah, say so, so. You know, how like what I'm talking about, how small it was. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, they took up more space by having like the whole back road when you entered into your left. That back thing was like, at, when I was there for the longest time, VHSs and DVDs. And it was just like, why are we putting these in here? You don't have the space. <laughs> You're already cutting into your book supply. You could rent fucking tapes. From from the library? Yeah, for the longest time I rented fucking like a scene Bears fucking cartoon special from Blanco Library. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's I admire their commitment to the classics. Um so after this uh encounter with the ghost, we meet venkman who's giving a uh an experiment to these two college kids. Uh He's studying the uh, negative effects on ESPN ability. And he's lying to the girl, giving her positive reinforcement the whole time. And the guy, every time he gets it wrong, he gives him an electric shock. (laughs) And even when the guy gets one right, he gives the guy a shock. There's that bit where his gum falls out of his mouth that always makes me laugh. (laughs) Uh, And eventually the guy gets pissed off and he's like, you know, you can keep the five bucks. And he leaves
1: I like oh, when, yeah. the, when Ray bursts into the room after this, and he's like, "Ray, I'm kind of busy right now. You want to come back?"
0: He jumps and like hits him. He's like, "I'm right in the middle of something, Ray." <laughs> <laughs> Not even subtle at all. <laughs> and Ray's like, "We got to go to the library. There, there's something is there. We found. We got evidence. We got it. We need it." And so Vankman makes plans to meet up with this college kid later, and it's, it's really twisted. He's lying to her that she has ESP so that he can like convince her to sleep with him.
1: It's amazing how the 80s operated.
0: Yeah. And this was, you know, this is our hero. <laughs> it's really crazy. Um, they go to the library, they meet Egon. I love that bit where Egon's like looking for evidence and Bankman like fakes, you know, he knocks on some some books and he's like, Egon, <laughs> and drops the books next to his headphones. Megman's such an asshole.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. I never joke. I'm always serious.
0: <laughs> I love when they are talking to the librarian and he's asking her the weirdest questions. Begman, he's like, has anyone in your family ever been diagnosed mentally incompetent? And she's like, my <laughs> uncle thought he was St. Jerome. <laughs> he's like, I call that a big yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. He asks her if she's menstruating, and then one guy's like, What does that have to do with it? He's like, Back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is just great quotes, pretty much.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Poem just fucking God, you could you could spend most of me just quoting what comes out of his mouth.
0: <laughs> they go down to the basement to track this thing. They find ectoplasm all over the card catalog. <laughs> Pinkman's like, Really? <laughs> Someone blows their nose, you want to keep it?
1: <laughs> he I, love to... like, yeah, so I love watching him like wipe it off on everything, like the books and stuff, trying to get it off his hand.
0: Zero regard for these library books. I love when he's like trying to put it in the cup, and he's like ah, like making the weird noises, like ah. <laughs> so stupid. Then they You know, there's the symmetrical books. He does that great line. Ray yells out, "Listen, you smell something." which I always loved. <laughs> they find the ghost and it's this purplish library and ghost. They're all kind of stunned. They never thought they'd actually find anything. And this is, you know, proof of the existence of life beyond death. And now they have no plan beyond this. And I love that. Like, It's like, what do we do? And they're like, I, we didn't think we got this far. <laughs> they didn't have a plan.
1: I, I have an idea. Hey, Ghost really you're ready to say hey ghost get
0: her and the thing like <laughs> ah, that used to freak me out when i was a kid the the library ghost, like turning into its like true form
1: oh yeah that part that's like legitimately terrifying
0: <laughs> that used to that was um i read that the original uh prop for that was way too scary like they were like you can't you can't put this in this movie <laughs> like that's too much So they ended up recycling the prop a year later and it became uh, Jerry's vampire bat form in Fright Night. So, yeah, everything has a place. (laughs) Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, So now they're like, all right, ghosts exist. How do we profit off this?
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, easy. Make Ray fucking get a new mortgage. (laughs) I don't know, that weird
0: bit when, like, Venkman like rewards Egon with a candy bar always makes me laugh (laughs) because there's no context behind that. (laughs) Uh, When they go back to campus, uh, the Dean is there to tell them uh, you guys are idiots and you're fired. Basically like your grant is terminated, get off our college. And now they're all like, Oh shit. I love Ray's. Like I've never been, you know, you don't know what it's like out there. Like outside of college life sucks. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty accurate, because I'm. Um, I went back to school, because you know, right? The real world sucks, and in the '80s, I guess it was the same
1: thing. I don't think that's ever changed. I think you have all your fun in college, and then when you get out and you hit the real world, you're like, "Oh wow, I miss college now."
0: And they, you know, Bankman convinces them. All right, look, we can make. Huge amounts of money being the only people who can get rid of ghosts who can trap ghosts, bless them, if you will. And their, their big question is like, where do we get the money for this? And their way is to re re mortgage Ray, Ray's house. <laughs> and it works. They get like a hundred grand or something. They sink that into the fire station they buy, which when I was in New York city, I did go to the fire station, which was really cool. It's a real fire station. And, um, it was closed for renovations, but outside they had spray-painted a big Ghostbusters thing and on, on it, so I was like, I'm here! So that was nice.
1: Nice. Uh, this is what I want to quickly... I have to point this out. So when yeah. we get to this part, right? I love how quick of an overnight sensation they become because they have the whole hotel sequence and then next thing you know, all of New York this the city being notorious for how people are in that city just overnight goes... Okay, they got one ghost. They are the Ghostbusters. We need them. They have to protect us at all costs. Like, they become overnight sensational. And our thing was like, technically speaking, they busted one ghost. True.
0: But remember, in Ghostbusters 2, New York City shows their true colors. And after saving the city from Gozer, they were immediately sued for massive property damage. So still New York City.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. There you go. <laughs> what a town. Yeah. We came, we saw, we kicked his ass. I
0: love when they tell the guy like it's gonna be five grand. And he's like, Well, I'm not paying that. They're like, Okay, we can just put it back. It's the it's the best bargaining chip ever. Just put it back.
1: <laughs> Here we can just make this ghost come back. It's fine.
0: Oh boy. Um, but before that, we meet uh, we meet Dana, who's who lives in the creepiest looking building ever. Like, there's no way in hell that building's not a portal to hell. And uh, they, you know, she goes into her apartment. She starts putting groceries away. And I love the bag of Stay Puffed marshmallows she bought, foreshadowing later on the end. And uh, the eggs in her carton flip out, start cooking on the counter, which is going to baffle most people, I would hope. (laughs) And uh, she starts hearing a roaring noise. She opens her fridge and it's a straight up portal into hell. And this demon dog yells, Zool. And she's like, what the fuck? And she closes the fridge. As you would. (laughs) Uh, And she goes to, you know, she just saw the commercial for the Ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. It looks like, you know, middle of the night slap chop quality. (laughs) Not exactly prime time. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you work with what you got.
1: (laughs) I had the ability to make a commercial even close to that quality
0: <laughs> she goes to talk to vankman or she goes to talk to the ghostbusters and i love ray showed up with a car that's like you know barely a car like it just needs you know new new brakes brake pads whole engine really like he
1: just starts describing everything they got to replace and it's the whole yeah. fucking car <laughs> after he says like the great price he on they're like well, how much did it cost it's like five Like five grand, some like really low number like that, but then turns and goes like, So this needs to get replaced, and this needs to get fixed. I'm like, Your car is about to be a whole lot more than what you just paid for, bud.
0: Yeah, we also meet Janine, their secretary, played by um Annie Potts, who um I always knew as Bo Peep from Toy Story, and uh, yeah, she's just you know, the receptionist who never really has to do much for the first few weeks because they never have a customer.
1: (laughs) I love when they get the one, she's like. We have one. Yeah.
0: It's a great moment. It's like you could tell she's like, finally, something to do.
1: <laughs> I love how annoyed with them she gets. She's just constantly bitching about them.
0: I love when she's, she tells Venkman, like, look, I've been working two weeks without a break, and you promised you'd hire more people. And he's like, look, Janine, someone of your qualifications would have no trouble finding work in either the food service or housekeeping industries. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. And the phone rings, and he's like, you going to get that?
1: <laughs> her comment: I've quit other jobs than this <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh god So after Dana shows up Venkman's like oh she's mine And uh like, Lays claim pretty fast it's, it's really weird And uh They're all like ooh Zool will look that up And Venkman takes her back to her apartment To check her out as he said <laughs> and, uh, They get back to the apartment and She's like, who is this weirdo? Like, she's not buying into it at all. And uh, they go, they check out the fridge. There's nothing in there but a bunch of junk food. And he's like, I'm in love with you. And I'm going to prove it. And she's like, get out of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, then she's like, just go. <laughs> just
1: leave.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So after that, they, you know, I love they get a Chinese food feast. And they're like, this is the last of the petty cash <laughs> That's when Bankman's like slow down Chew your food <laughs> It's great <laughs> uh, They get the call The Sedgwick is haunted A level in the game by the way Which is great Oh, sweet! Uh, Slimer escapes and goes back home So you have to go back to the Sedgwick and get that fucker again
1: oh, And Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: there's a, there's more Sedgwick In the game but I won't tell you about that part Because it's fucking terrifying and I want you to be surprised Okay, um, but yeah, Slimer. Where they meet, they meet Slimer, and he's uh this ugly little Spud, as Ray calls him. And this is their first test of the equipment to catch ghosts. And I love their first test is they nearly murder a maid <laughs> with nuclear fire.
1: <laughs> oh, it's great. Hey, I think my favorite part of this is when Bill Murray walks the hallway, and he's like, he calls him, so hey. What's that ghost look like again? <laughs> <laughs> and then Ray, he's like sure, to stay away from him. like, I'm staring at him right now, Ray. Like,
0: I think he can hear you, Ray. It's like he won't hurt you. And then Slimer just is like, like starts flying at him. <laughs> and Vancouver's just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. And then he gets, you know, he slimed me, the immortal lion. <laughs> just covered in ectoplasm. He looks, he said he feels so funky. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I love like it's amazing they make any money considering the rampant property damage <laughs> that they cause. Like Jesus Christ, they destroy the entire ballroom <sighs> so unnecessarily. I love they're just flipping tables out of the way instead of like dragging
1: them away. They're just flipping the tables. <laughs> oh, wait, wait! I've always wanted to do this. Yes, the flower stayed in the middle. <laughs>
0: Oh, um, So when they catch One of my favorite moments is when they They throw out the trap and Ray tells them both Like don't look directly at the trap and Ray just, Or Egon just goes I looked at the trap Ray <laughs> With this like look of Concern on his eyes <laughs> Oh god Yeah fantastic So they catch Slimer and after that Ghosts start popping up all over Manhattan and now they're an Overnight sensation you know you get to hear Larry King Talk about him Casey Kasem they go on a talk show and they ask, like, how's Elvis? Have you seen him lately? And they're they're huge.
1: That ghost uh, is apparently so hammered. He gives Raheem a Apparently, that
0: was part of a bigger sequence where they, like, go to a cabin and, like, investigate something, but they couldn't fit it into the movie, so they cut it all out and made that little bit of dream sequence. Which makes more sense. I mean, it would make sense for them to just leave New York in the middle of the movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, that's when Winston... Shows up for the job interview And his interview is basically like do you believe in Ghosts, aliens, Loch Ness Monster, bring me to Triangle Like Atlantis and he's like If you're going to pay me I'll believe in anything you want me to believe in <laughs> A true New Yorker right there As long as there's a steady check You got my support
1: <laughs> A true American if you will
0: Oh, if I say yeah. yes Can you pay me
1: yeah. And yeah I believe in everything
0: And he's hired immediately because they need more help but like it's crazy that it was just him the most popular ghost hunters in town no one else wants that job
1: or well, i mean apparently based on ghostbusters too they weren't nearly as popular as popular as we thought that's true well they have their like their
0: moments their pockets it's like i guess only when new york is haunted do people care
1: <laughs> pretty much
0: uh i love egon's telling them you know about like Something's going on in, in in town. He uses a Twinkie to tell them, like, you know, if this is the normal amount of psychic energy in town, the current amount is a Twinkie, like, 35 feet long. And Winston just goes, that's a big Twinkie. I always <laughs> like that one. And then later, when they meet, you know, after the whole Peck situation, Winston goes, like, tell them about the Twinkie. Bill Murray, very, like, seriously, is like, what about the Twinkie? <laughs> I don't know what... All, all the Twinkie shit really makes me laugh. <laughs> uh So, Peck, one of the biggest assholes in movie history. (laughs) Walter Peck, EPA douchebag, goes to talk to Venkman. And I love, like, from the get-go, just the handshake is like Peck's hand covered in goop. (laughs) Just from the beginning. And, yeah, their exchange gets heated. Peck says he's coming back with a court order. But if you look at this from Peck's perspective, all of a sudden... These people show up in the middle of Manhattan claiming ghosts are real and only they can get rid of them. They've got so many noxious chemicals on site, possibly environmentally disastrous, and he needs to assess how dangerous they are. And as soon as he asks about it, they're complete dicks to him. And he's like, well, now I gotta get a court order. It's kind of funny. Like, if you think about it like that, who's who's the bad guy here?
1: Both sides.
0: Yeah. New York. New York, man. It's all... It's just... Is stereotypically, you know, assholes for a reason. I don't know why. Yeah. So after that, after the whole Peck thing, um, that's when I believe Zul returns and possesses Dana.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, actually, actually, first they like Peter and Dana make a date, and uh, they bring up Gozer, who is the Sumerian god that Zul is like the herald of. Like if the if Zul is the silver surfer, Gozer is Galactus. You, you get it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so Dana goes home. Hands come out of her chair, grab her, pull her into Zool. She is now possessed. She is the gatekeeper. And meanwhile, at Lewis's accountant party where he invited clients instead of friends. I love that he
1: told them that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone's cool with it. So weird. And you have that one chick that's like, I want to leave. And he's like, no, no, don't leave yet.
0: Yeah, maybe if we start dancing, other people will join in. And they just both start awkwardly white person dancing. And nobody joins in. They got fucking Disco Inferno playing in the background. <laughs> the whitest. Oh, whatever. The whitest party ever. And um, Lewis doesn't realize there's a demon dog in his uh, closet. It comes out, starts chasing him through Manhattan. I love, he's like, I'm going to bring this up at the next meeting. There's not supposed to be any pets in the building. Like he's, he's panicking. <laughs> I love when he gets cornered at the restaurant and everyone sees it happen and nobody does a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just look super annoyed.
0: Ah, and then he becomes the key master. And uh, I love that the gatekeeper is super poised and like ready to work and the key master's a fucking dope. <laughs>
1: Just makes sense. It only makes it. i gonna say it only makes sense. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. It just makes sense.
0: They, um, the cops pick up the keymaster and drop him off at the Ghostbusters because they don't know what to do with this guy. And Egon's like, "Oh, yep, he's possessed. I'll take him." <laughs> and starts talking to him, and he says one of my favorite quotes when uh he asked him if he wants some coffee, <laughs> and he goes to Janine. He's like, "Do I?" And she's like, "Yes, have some." He goes, "Yes, have some." <laughs> there was a, sh- a t-shirt I saw a while back that was the Starbucks logo, but it had Lewis with like the weird thing on his head and it said yes have some. <laughs> it was great. Um so with Peter learning about Dana being the gatekeeper and saying we must prepare for the coming of Gozer and Egon with the keymaster, they both obviously put this together like, you know, getting these two together would be really bad. Probably shouldn't do that. And that's when Peck shows up with his court order and says, we're shutting this place down. And everyone's like, if you do that, shit's going to get way worse. And he's like, fuck you, shut it off. And they shut it off. And all the ghosts they've cat they've caught fly out of the containment grid and all hell breaks loose.
1: <laughs> yeah, and a really awesome sequence. As much as like, peck is annoying like this sequence is fucking awesome so you know to go like, out and about just terrorizing yeah. people
0: it's pretty awesome uh, just from like you know the the sirens going off the place starting to explode the cop being like oh shit and everyone leaving it's like oh boy <laughs> this is about to get serious uh, and also I love that sequence prior when uh, Ray and Winston are driving on the bridge talking about God I think that's one of my favorite sequences of the movie because they're like I love Winston brings up like the whole idea of, you know, revelations, like maybe the reason we've been so busy is because the dead have been rising from the grave and it freaks Ray out. Like that, that gives me goosebumps.
1: Yeah. No, it's like the only bit of the movie where they kind of, to me, kind of go into a deeper route for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's, it would be off putting in your movie, but again, it works really well here.
0: Yeah. Very true. So with the grid blown up, uh, gozer now has enough energy to return and uh the Keymaster finds the gatekeeper and they bone which opens the door uh meanwhile the mayor wants to see the ghostbusters about what the hell's going on and peck shows up and gives him a whole like you know these like these con artists are manipulating the city and Ray's like dickless here shut off the machine <laughs> and you get the dickless
1: bit just is great that's uh, right, sir. This man has no dick.
0: <laughs> like, well, that's what I heard.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Uh,
0: I love that the mayor finally gives a green light to the Ghostbusters when Vanekman reminds him that if they're right, they'll have saved. Like, the mayor will have saved the lives of millions of re- registered voters. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I makes I love that. And then Peck just gets fucked off. Peck is in the game, by the way. Is he really? He's the mayor's aide now.
1: Oh my god. And he is a
0: very anti-Ghostbusters candidate. Of course he is. Yeah. It's it's great. Ah, I love that game. Um, so the Ghostbusters get the green light to take on Gozer, and they get a police escort up to the building. They go up to the building and they arrive just in time to see Dana and Lewis turn into the Zool dogs. And Peter's kind of not really that bummed about it. He's like, All right, she's a dog, whatever. <laughs> like he's still he's still in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can work with this yeah.
0: what a fucking nut he's, he's, a, he's a very strange person uh, so Gozer shows up it's this gymnast looking chick and I love that Ray gets appointed to be the kind of representative of Earth and he says like you know on behalf of the people of Earth I, like, I order you to retreat to the nearest parallel dimension and she's like yeah okay she asks them if they're gods. Ray says no. She tries to kill them. Love. <laughs> Winston's like, if someone says you're god, you say yes. <laughs> it's good advice. And, uh, yeah, I love the whole, this, this movie really has no dull moments. It's a, it's a flawless, like it's superly you know, it's greatly paced. It's, all the performances are great. The story is engaging. It's flawless.
1: Yeah. And, uh, no, I mean this movie just knows how to keep moving. Um, I was gonna say I also like, on this part when they're like, and she's like, "I'm gonna bring your worst fear to life." And worry, like, everyone, keep your mind clear. No one think of anything. He's like, "What's that?" My mind's clear. Well, my mind's clear too. I'm not thinking anything. And they're like, "Who thought of something?" And they all just slowly turn to Ray. <laughs> it just popped in there.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and we meet the Stay puff Marshmallow Man, the Destructor. It's, it's so stupid, but it works. It's become iconic.
1: Yeah, it really shouldn't work, but it does.
0: I bought a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man t-shirt today. <laughs> like, it's, it's a part of pop culture. It's fantastic. And easy as hell to destroy. It's a marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty good selection. <laughs> ah, now they roast this motherfucker. And uh, they realize that the only way they can close the door to Gozer's dimension is to cross the streams, which they, uh, Egon warned them earlier, would cause complete platonic reversal and destroy them. But I guess not.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how they survived this explosion. I'm just going to say it right now. Like, holy God.
0: Yeah, it's, it's awesome, though. when they just they cross the streams and blast this door wide open and blow up, stay puffed and peck in the streets gets covered in marshmallow gunk. That was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. uh, and Dana and Lewis survive and everything's great they save the world and then in Ghostbusters 2 it's revealed that as soon as this was over the entire city of New York sued their asses <laughs> beautiful I would have loved to have seen that court case the city of New York versus the Ghostbusters <laughs> beautiful you know, Peck testified.
1: Oh yeah, he was probably he. If it was him, like his say, he'd be like Judge Joy and executioner.
0: Yeah, that I watched Ghostbusters 2 earlier today just to get in the mindset because I, I love that movie. But um, the scene where they're on trial and the judge freaks out and is like, "There's, if it was up to me. I'd burn you at the stake." Like Jesus Christ! All they did was like, dig a hole in First Avenue. Fucking chill. <laughs> Like, they didn't kill anybody. Jesus. Only there to
1: save you from some weird ghost apocalypse.
0: Yeah, twice. <laughs> and it looks like three times. <laughs> if, you count, if you count the game, four times. <laughs> um, here are some film guys and facts. Number one, uh, we'd already talked about this. When Lewis mingles with his party guests, the scene is one continuous shot and entirely improvised. Just speaks to Rick Moranis's immense talent. Uh, number two, I thought this was cool. This was the highest grossing comedy of all time until Home Alone beat it in 1990. Really? Yeah. I think now it's probably Deadpool.
1: It might be. Uh, it could be. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: pretty sure it's Deadpool. There's very few billion dollar comedies, if any.
1: No. Deadpool, I like think the close with 700 million. Yeah. Um,
0: number three, this is so weird. There's an extra... Uh, Behind the barricade on the left When Ray and Winston drive Up to the building Um, And that extra is a former Porn star currently convicted Rapist Ron Jeremy Yeah He just happened to be in this movie
1: Wow and I Actually didn't know that he's a convicted Rapist yeah you didn't Hear about that no did that Happen while I was gone and I just never knew about it
0: Maybe it started when you were gone, but he, yeah, recently got um, convicted of like a lot of rape. Uh, let me look that up. Is it was a crazy? It was like so many co- uh, counts. Ron Jeremy, I think he got sentenced already. Uh, right, googling Ron Jeremy. This will be this will be great.
1: Yeah, you're, that's. No, I want to be careful of that Google search.
0: First thing that comes up is images. Oh, Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Okay. Um, Okay. He's currently in jail awaiting trial in February. Oh, wow. On more than 30 sexual assault charges.
1: Jesus. How, how How is it you have as prolific a porn career as that man had and you're still raping? Like you were paid to fuck.
0: Yeah, but he was paid to fuck like 30 years ago. And since then, I guess, uh, you know, he's been doing some busting of his own.
1: No one wanted the nine-foot dick after he got out of porn?
0: (laughs) Oh, what a sick, twisted fuck. And it's just so weird that he's in Ghostbusters. (laughs) Um, Number four, Dan Aykroyd always referred to Slimer as the ghost of John Belushi. Quote, he's just a party guy looking to have a good time. So that's that's nice. Uh, there's a lot of trivia about this movie. I just tried to pick four uh, good ones. The first sequel, 1989's Ghostbusters 2, sees the Ghostbusters reunite to take on the spirit of a uh, Carpathian warlord who has possessed a painting in the Manhattan Museum of Art. It got mixed reviews, but fans have pretty much embraced it at this point. It's a cult classic. And uh it's fun. You know, the villain, Vigo the Carpathian, is actually pretty damn intimidating. Uh, oh, yeah, I love yeah. his painting. Um, I've got a poster of the Vigo painting in my, my apartment. <laughs> it's not full size. It's not the whole wall, but it's, it's a little one. <laughs> um, curious. Who do you think would win in a fight? Gozer versus Vigo.
1: Vigo. Why? He's way more powerful and creepy. Gozer's a god, though. Yeah, but you don't really see Gozer do shit in the first Ghostbusters. Well, that's
0: because Ray trapped him as a fucking marshmallow. <laughs> I'm sure if he'd been like, you know, able to become like the destructor he intended, we would have seen some horrible shit.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying, from what I saw, he didn't do shit, and he spent a lot of time like gloating to the Ghostbusters and taking his time opening the gate. I just, yeah, when hosting well, character.
0: Vigo, though, fails to possess a baby and Ray. Like, what does he accomplish?
1: Well, look, Ray has, like, a forceful thanks to that Ghost BJ, but nothing nothing can possess him. Instant immunity. Oh. My God.
0: <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters 2, though, is a fun watch. It's, obviously, it's not as good as the first one. That's, you know. That's a given, but it's still a a decent watch, and uh, I recommend checking it out. Uh, The next sequel is 2021's Ghostbusters Afterlife, which comes out on Friday. Uh, Judging from trailers, it looks like Egon's grandkids have to take on Gozer once again when he resurfaces in a Midwest town. But don't quote me on that. We'll give our two cents on Monday's sneak preview. But as of now, we don't know anything concrete about this movie, but we are very much looking forward to it. I can't wait. There was the cartoon series, The Real Ghostbusters, which ran from 1986 to 1991. The series was a favorite for fans and is the reason Slimer had a much bigger role in the second film. Slimer became kind of their mascot. So the second movie was more ori- uh, more orientated towards kids and fans of this show. So they tried to make it a bit more kid-friendly. And I, I saw one episode of The Real Ghostbusters at a Halloween-themed 80s cartoon party I went to at Alamo Drafthouse. That was really fun. Um, and this right. looks
1: nice. Looks looked fun. When I saw bits and I I saw a couple episodes growing up on some channel, and remember liking it. I just I never like obviously watched it the whole way through because it was over by the time I was born. So I was only watching whatever they were syndicating. Yeah, same. Uh,
0: and finally, there's the 2016 remake Ghostbusters, which stars Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones as a new team, and Chris Hemsworth as their dim-witted secretary. Paul Feig directs. On paper, this sounds hilarious. That cast, that director, what could go wrong?
1: Everything. Uh,
0: yeah, literally everything. The film ended up being terribly unfunny, a disgrace to the franchise, and a trigger like movie for like people who wanted to pick a fight. So we talk a lot about that on last week's sneak preview, where we covered our ten worst remakes. So that's a good spot for you to get more on Ghostbusters 2016 because we will not talk about it a lot. We both hate it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, we talked about it on Sink but yeah, I just, I don't like that movie. It, it should like, have worked on paper. That should have worked and it doesn't at all. It's a, not a fun movie to watch.
0: Nope. But this movie, however, will last forever. Ghostbusters. I give it an easy 10. A very good movie, one of my all-time favorites. will never, I'll never stop watching it.
1: Yeah, I, I seconded that, and I also gave it a ten. I mean, this, like, for this one, just speaks for itself. I like, I don't know, I can't think of anything that I could add to just. You, everyone knows Ghostbusters. Everyone knows the theme song. Everyone knows the fucking tune. Like, it's just, it's just an iconic. This is a film that you can use iconic on because it's very much an iconic film. Of American yeah.
0: cinema. It's one of those films I think everybody who likes movies should watch at least once. Like, you need to experience Ghostbusters. It's, an, it's a crucial piece of 80s cinema and a masterful comedy. Uh, awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Filmgasm Productions. Yeah. If you want to suggest films, you can throw us a message there or you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Um, If you want to support the show, feel free to click on support this podcast on your preferred podcast provider. All donations are appreciated, but not necessary. We hope you enjoyed the show. Next week is going to get weird. Um, Hosting duties once again rest in the hands of Josh Allred as he takes me through a bizarre 80s cold classic called Extro. An alien creature impregnates a woman who gives birth to a man who had been abducted years earlier. Already, this sounds like the most insane movie we've ever covered on this show, and we have done some doozies. Uh, Tune in next week to hear our thoughts on Extro. You know, it's his pick through the cycle. This could, judging from our track record, I probably won't like this, but you know what? Josh loves it. He'll talk about it. He'll have a good time, and I will be there to give my two cents. (laughs)
1: I'll be able to judge you for not liking it, though... Amari, we've already been talking about watching here at the house. So
0: I looked at the reviews. I'm not like this is not exactly celebrated, whatever the fuck this thing is. So it's a classic
1: uh classic though, so
0: is it just because just it came out in the 80s does not make it a classic. It makes it a classic. Well, uh if you all want to watch extra in preparation for next week, um there are there is a full cut of it on YouTube, which is how I'm gonna be watching it. Uh, Other than that, good luck. (laughs) Um, Don't miss Jason Reitman's Up in the Air on Oscar Sunday and Ghostbusters Afterlife on Monday's sneak preview, among other films. Until then, if someone asks you if you're a god, you always say yes and keep watching movies.